think if you ask anyone who's non-binary, they're gonna say that they have not felt like they are non-binary enough, that they don't belong in this community because they're too femme, they're too masked, they're too whatever. <laughs> but honestly, all of y'all are valid. Everyone that is trans is trans enough. Mm, and mm. I think that's a huge part about being non-binary. Alright, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this very, very, very first episode of the second season of the podcast Queering the Perspective. Thank you for listening. And today I'm gonna talk with Nika about non-binary. Hi Nika. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's going great. And for you how are you yeah i'm pretty good <laughs> okay sweet so yes this topic was very important to me due to obvious reasons i would say and i felt before we start with the second season and with other episodes i wanted to do one episode in the very beginning to just set like a foundation <laughs> to know a bit what we're talking about what is non-binary what does it encompass what are the challenges and what is amazing about it so yes before we start Nika um, can you introduce yourself so what are your pronouns and maybe one question so what was your initial feeling when you realized that you were non-binary Hi everyone, I'm Nika and my pronouns are they, them and I found that I am non-binary <laughs> because my friend actually asked me because I mm. we were talking about gender and we mm -hmm. were both very much queer and I was talking to them and telling them about how I never really felt like a woman and all mm. these values and beliefs that have been kind of categorized according to how I appear And then they just asked me, so you're non-binary? And I was like, oh, there's a term for that? <laughs> and that's basically how I knew. So since then, I've been researching that. And I knew what it was before, but I thought that you needed to look a certain way to do that. But yeah, we'll, we'll get to that part <laughs> when we talk about the struggles. Yeah, other than that, that's when I started my journey as a non-binary person. I was 19 and... I've been living my best life since, so, yeah. So, yeah, can 10 out of 10, can you recommend? <laughs> <laughs> For real. <laughs> so, yeah, we already started... Um, with non-binary and how it was for you to start to identify yourself as non-binary but maybe to backtrack a bit what does it actually mean in like a wikipedia definition kind of sense right so i'm cracking my knuckles and putting my hair up here goes <laughs> so non-binary is a term under the transgender umbrella that describes people who don't identify with the gender assigned to them at birth or to Berk. the quote-unquote opposite gender mm -hmm. so the trans umbrella is divided into two parts mm -hmm. ironically a binary <laughs> kind of situation so binary trans and non-binary trans so mm -hmm. binary transgender people are trans male or trans female and non-binary encompasses 
everything from simply being non-binary to agender, genderqueer, demi-boy, demi-girl, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. So I think what's important to note is that there are no guidelines for how one can identify. You can totally mix and match different types of gender identities and gender markers. So for mm-hmm. example, if someone has gone through a medical transition but has since found that they're non-binary, they often say, mm-hmm. I am trans non-binary. Mm-hmm. Or when you're combining being non-binary with other sexualities, it's mm-hmm. not uncommon for people to be like, I'm non-binary and a lesbian, non-binary and gay. And mm-hmm. I think that's really cool because much like for the identity itself, there are no boundaries mm-hmm. or strict guidelines as to how you're supposed to mm-hmm. appear or dress or present, yeah. basically. Yeah, this really resonates with me. And I think for that, the term like beyond gender works really well or beyond the gender binary, Mm -hmm. because there's always this mystical idea that non-binary people are somewhat of a third gender, like a third category, Mm. when there's actually so much variance and diversity within non-binary people and that you're really, yeah, beyond above (laughs) gender and I think what also really helps in this way is the differentiation between gender identity and gender expression yes so you might identify yourself as non-binary but not look quote-unquote non-binary and then you can have the gender expression female you can have the gender expression male just like cis people can like a cis man can also have a very female feminine gender expression without being non-binary or trans mm-hmm. in any way. Yeah, and I think exactly. oftentimes these two are fused. That is like, okay, you need to look non-binary to be valid in your gender identity as being non-binary. Yeah. Untrue, for those of you listening. Very <laughs> untrue. And being non-binary is never about how you look or how you present. It's about mm-hmm. being your authentic self and deciding that this is who you are. And mm-hmm. that's, that's that. And I also think there's some people that for them, and I think I would include myself in that gender, that their gender non-binary identity is very important to them and very core to Mm -hmm. who they are. But then there's also other people that are like, yeah, I'm non-binary, so what, you know? Like there's many other things that define me apart from being non-binary. It's not like this is some all-encompassing category. Because I think also non-binary or maybe even more specific the term genderqueer is also an attempt of a label to end all labels at Mm -hmm. some point that like okay we we are labeling things that's just where we live or the times we live in but it is an attempt to try to again go beyond labels because it encompasses so much yeah there's definitely a lot of people that also don't believe in labels don't care about pronouns Mm. but as you said like you really identify with this it's a core part of your being and Mm -hmm. i'm very much the same so i really love identifying with a label because i feel like throughout life i've just been trying to figure out who i was and it was like one part of my life i'm just bisexual another part i'm just queer and then you know there's all these memes we talked about it before recording about (laughs) finally figuring out your sexuality and then it's like you're non-binary or just your gender in general comes around the corner oh yeah it creeps up on you yeah 
really doesn't know when to pick a time, but I'm grateful it did. Yes, yes. Um, thank yeah. you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Wherever you <laughs> And uh, you already spoke now about pronouns. Uh, I would like to talk a bit more about that because many times um, I feel like people don't don't think pronouns are very important or it's mm. still not common sense that you ask for people's pronouns. Yeah. It's not established in all the institutions and all the communities. And so I want to ask why you think pronouns are important. Well, they're important because everyone uses them, except mm -hmm. they don't realize that. And when it comes to they, them, everyone knows how to use them. It's just that they won't do it for trans people because of their lack of understanding and probably lack of exposure to people that use they, them pronouns. I've been identifying as non-binary since I was 19, as I said, but when I was, what, how old was I in 2020? I was 21. So I think... <laughs> Two years after I figured out that this is who I am, mm -hmm. I decided, yeah, I don't like to be called she. Um, that actually triggers me. So mm -hmm. how about they, them from now on? Mm -hmm. And for some people, it was a very elegant, of course, it's never super smooth, <laughs> like, especially if there's no non-binary people around mm -hmm. and no education about that no exposure in media about right. that sort of stuff um for some it was really difficult mm. and obviously after i came out i had to cut some people off because they just refused but mm. good riddance to them i mean <laughs> i hope they're doing well i'm thriving <laughs> but um yeah it's really important to me because it just describes me best mm-hmm Because I never identified with being female or a woman or being male, a man. It's mm. like, I'm not binary trans, but mm. I know I am trans. Mm. And that's how I can express that. Yeah. You know, because it's not the binary. Yeah. <laughs> Hence. And then I guess the pronouns are a vehicle for that, to manifest yeah. this identity within this real world. Yeah. yeah. And how were your experiences with letting other people know about your pronouns, be it friends, be it in a work context, mm. being in a social context when you don't know people? Mm. So... As you know, or for the non-binary people listening, you need to come out to people all the fucking time. Can mm. I say fuck? Yeah, yeah go okay. for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you need to come out to people constantly, basically to everyone you meet, especially if you're femme presenting like myself. Like, I'm pretty much unclockable mm. on a normal day. <clears throat> Maybe, what, is, what does unclockable oh. mean for those who don't so, know? Um, unclockable is like no shade but when you can tell that a trans person is trans mm -hmm. um yeah that's basically it and clocking it means that you got it you realize that it, this quote, is quote unquote unquote because yeah. it's not true right yeah, like, yeah because exactly. it's like your cisgendered vision is like oh i discovered yeah. that they're actually something else yeah but of course this is bullshit it's just yeah it's just a tool of othering yeah amazing uh where was i So I'm you are, un quote-unquote, unclockable. And yeah. So, so you always have to come out. I present quite femme, and that is something I'm comfortable in. But I also like to present mask, and I like to bind. And 
I like to experiment with different hair and styles. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to some fr- like some people that I thought were really close to me had a particularly difficult time dealing with this. Mm. So that was hard on me because I thought, okay, I thought I had this authentic and supportive friendship going on with this person, but they clearly are not practicing any form of radical self-acceptance and hence they can't radically accept people around them Mm. so that's all that was giving to me when to my friends i would be like i'm non-binary and i would like you to call me they them from now on and if there would be just a smidge of hesitation or Mm. weird questions that are disrespectful i would start considering to cut them off and it has happened quite mm. a bit like my social circle has definitely changed a lot mm. but for the better for sure because mm. now i only surround myself with people that practice radical self-acceptance and that's so so beautiful mm. especially for people like us who are exposed to this form of othering and alienation for just being who we are yeah oh, fuck. <laughs> mm. that was a lot yeah, yeah. And in a work environment, well, I work in a in a startup in Berlin, so people are older than me. I'm mm. not gonna say they're like prehistoric or ancient, but they're <laughs> <laughs> they're in their thirties, most of them. <clears throat> and I used to feel really uncomfortable establishing my pronouns because then I I'm not sure if I it was imposter syndrome or just feeling like I can't set that boundary with people or tell people who I am in a professional setting because Mm. um, for whatever reason it's just I thought it would be weird I thought I would be discriminated against but Mm. it was actually quite the opposite like when I was still doing random two-month internship at uni they addressed that themselves to me after misgendering me for two months and I was kind of like not okay with it but quote-unquote okay with it Mm -hmm. I would just kind of ignore it. It would still hurt. But then they addressed it and they were like, you should tell people in a professional oh environment because like this is really relevant information. And I was like, oh, oh my God, that's so cute. And <laughs> I put my pronouns on LinkedIn and stuff. And then when I got my next job, I, I got it. And then the people from HR figured out for my LinkedIn that I use they, them pronouns. And then... <clears throat> my boss who had previously used she her on me was like i'm so sorry i had no idea i'm definitely going to implement that into my vocabulary mm. which blew me away because i was not expecting mm. all these cis people who are like older millennials to understand the concept of it at all but then of course you're in a professional environment and you work together and it's an open-minded in uh open-minded space where people are encouraged to grow and mm. be themselves mm. but i guess it is also not always self-evident to just say yes i use they them pronouns and to be very outspoken about mm. it because then also at least to me i always fear that then you you will be reduced to that that you'll yeah. be like, oh yeah, this one non-binary employee or this one non-binary member of our group, can you give a statement about, you know, J.K. Rowling? Can you give a statement about, 
transphobia and you know can you speak for your community when it's like yo actually i am my own person and also the community is much larger and yeah you i cannot and i don't want to represent everyone mm -hmm. and then i feel like it's a huge burden that you take on and then all all these discussions I'm like mm, yeah so then how do you do it isn't this the grammar correct but what about biology <laughs> and all of these weird oh, super triggering questions so that actually i ended up like in one job that i did just recently it was also just a part-time uh, temporary job i ended up not saying my pronouns because i just wanted to avoid all of the stress i'm not here to be talking about my gender identity i'm here because i have skills you know because i have a profession i i do something and in this particular instance it was teaching like i'm here to teach i'm not here to talk about my gender and i know this would come up so for me it was of course it's always a bit triggering And sometimes I can also really not live with it, especially if it would be much longer, if it would be any longer than that, I would not have been able to do it. Mm -hmm. But for short terms, I'm also trying to, you know, calculate how much harm and how much benefit would it bring me to reveal my pronouns. And also it's a matter of safety in some, yes. in some ways, like in some groups, I would never say my pronouns because I would be very much afraid for my physical and mental health. Um, and also this is something that I've come across talking with several people when someone especially when they're cis and they're telling you like oh just tell your pronouns you know not now everyone is open-minded and progressive I'm like no <laughs> people are not <laughs> like maybe this is your cis privilege speaking yes. very much so actually not just maybe but it's not a given that you are respected and of course it's like nice and it should be self-evident but it's not so Don't judge people for not doing it. Maybe we can encourage each other, of course, to because then we are more close to our yeah. hearts. But still. Yeah. Oh, that was a lot, for sure. Especially about the safety part. Mm. There was one time that I actually feared for my safety when I was at this weird get-together at some 20-something guy's house and... You can imagine what a 20-something cishet guy's house looks like. It's just a fucking mess. And red flag <laughs> after red flag. <laughs> I was, like, just still sitting there. I was there with a friend, and I really did not want to leave them alone. Mm. And Good friends. Yeah. Um, then this person turns to me, and they're like, so you're the girl that knows everything. And I was like... I'm not a girl. And then they ask me, what are you? And I say, I'm non-binary. Mm. And then they said, lo and behold, I hate that. Oh my God. <laughs> When my heart started pumping at that mm. moment, I was like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Oh, but that actually is not the worst part because they continue to interrogate me about my transness and ask me what genitals I have. Oh my God, yeah. Which is so fucking intrusive and so violating and uncomfortable. Mm. Like, I still kind of tear up when I think about the audacity of some of these people and what they say and don't explode when they say it, mm. you know? And it's also so ridiculous because you would never ask a cis person what genitals they have. You would never ask anyone what genitals they have in any kind of other 
circumstance, which this would be a super inappropriate question and everyone would know that. Yeah. But in these cases, it's like, okay, because we are just curious, you know? Ugh. We just want to understand you better. Yeah. Come on. Don't try to understand me better. Just do better yeah. for yourself. And educate yourself, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, now we, we talked a lot about the challenges and we talked a lot about the difficult parts of, yeah, being non-binary and being, like, and living in a cis normative world but what are some of the more positive things that you feel and maybe like under the term gender euphoria mm. what what do you what do you connect with that uh there was this one time that i came to my friend's house and i was bound i i was wearing a binder for mm -hmm. those of you listening binding is when an AFAB person, a person assigned female at birth. It's an article of clothing that flattens your chest so mm -hmm. that you appear more flat and clothes just look different on you because you don't have your chesticles. <laughs> and I, I came to this friend's house and I was so happy and chirpy and <laughs> just vibing and living my best life. And then... Um, they asked me if I'm bound because it's quite noticeable on me and I was like yeah is that why I'm so happy and they're like bitch it's euphoria <laughs> I was like oh yeah for sure <laughs> so it's like yeah. when I'm bound oh my voice <laughs> <laughs> your voice is cracking already because of the beauty of this <laughs> the, the puberty <laughs> yeah so I feel so euphoric when I'm bound and I'm wearing clothing that sits so differently on my body now that I appear to not really have breasts mm. um, because it depends from day to day how I feel but that's really one of the things that um, I identify with gender euphoria but another time is the first time I experienced it which was when I was about 16, 17, high school. And I walked, uh, I was presenting quite masked, so I had otherwise quite long hair and I tucked it into a beanie, wearing like masculine clothes, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> and I walked into a burrito shop with another male friend. And the burrito shop guy was like, hey boys. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, just to be clear, that is misgendering, but yeah. I felt so good about the fact that I confused this mm -hmm. innocent stranger. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's something I associate with that too. Yeah. And now looking back, I think that was my first time experiencing gender mm -hmm. euphoria. And you? Um, I think gender euphoria for me happens, I guess, quite a lot of the times, but in more like small moments i rarely have this feeling of like oh my god now i'm feeling so euphoric about my gender yeah. but it's more like when i realize that i'm feeling very good mm. which is usually combined with my gender identity being somehow approved by myself or mm. externally and that's yeah i mean i guess for me when I find clothes that I feel very comfortable in and that I feel comfortable in expressing my gender the way that I want to express it, which is for me quite femme many, many times, 
while being assigned male at birth or putting on makeup or doing my hair and I think these are very like precious moments when I feel like I can do this without self-inflicted harm mm -hmm. and without being judged from the outside so this is when I'm navigating in safe spaces or at least safer spaces so that's beautiful and then also I think a lot of the times gender euphoria comes when I'm with very close friends and they have internalized my non-binary identities to such an extent that they believe it maybe in some ways more than I do yes I mean because I still have these things you know when I'm like wearing a tank top or a bra and I'm with people like there's always these like tiny moments when I'm glitching in a way that I feel like oh something is wrong oh I did something mm. wrong ah oh, this is, isn't supposed to be you know it's like just a small moment even though I know it's not true even though I know my own worth regardless of clothing and I know I can express whichever way I want to because I'm non-binary <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's always this little thing which because it's like we are living in still in like such a normative world where you're constantly being reminded or shown examples of what uh, a man and what a woman looks like and what there's normal looks only like. these two normalities exactly and then some friends that are like wow this bra looks so good on you mm. or wow ah oh, this dress it really suits you not in a way of like being fetishized for like oh my god I love your dress <laughs> yeah it's so fancy <laughs> you're like oh my god stop I know like it's not honest at all yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when it's from friends and they're like hey let me put on put some makeup on you as if it's like a normal because it is a normal yes. so I think this is like these are my gender euphoric moments or I think also with very intimate partners when they are super encouraging and being mm -hmm. the most amazing ally that you can wish for yeah. I think that's also big euphoria yeah that's really wonderful and then, I mean, of course, euphoria, I mean, it stands by itself, but it's also in a way complementary to dysphoria, right? Like, yeah. I wanted to talk a bit about that because I feel that the two somehow go together. And I guess it's a very different experience if you're a binary trans person or if you're a non-binary trans person, what, how much you resonate with one or the other. But yeah. I wanted to ask you, how is it for you personal, personally? So... As you said, when you're feeling euphoric, there's still that little glitchy moment where mm. you're like, I'm not heteronormative enough. <laughs> mm. and, um, but then you shut that out because you know you're way better than that. Yeah. Um, but I have those moments too, actually, because especially when I'm in, a, in an environment where I don't feel the safest to be myself, where people regularly misgender me. Yeah. Thank God I removed myself from those environments completely. Right. And that's when I'm in a space where I feel completely invalidated and not supported, not seen, not mm. heard for who I am. That's when I feel the most dysphoric mm. or especially when people start questioning the fucking pronouns it's like the one thing a non-binary person who uses they them doesn't want to hear is isn't that plural it's just obnoxious <laughs> and it makes you sound uneducated because you do know how to use them mm -hmm. and in english yeah mm -hmm. yeah in english mm -hmm. But just like a little segue, because I was really curious, how do you do it in German? Yeah, 
I mean, it's a super tricky, 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 tricky thing in German because there is no equivalent to they, them in the language how it is set up now. So what people have started doing is to say no pronouns. So in any form of gendered language, you just say the name of that person. And then there is many variations that people are trying out to introduce new pronouns. And for me personally, I'm trying out a pronoun which is now which is called Zia and Zia and Zin and yeah so it's the connection between Z her and er he, he. <laughs> so it's just the two of them combined which i think is quite logical yeah for me it makes the most sense out of all of the option mm-hmm. but I think there's still much to be discussed in that regard. And I would really wish that at some point in the near future, the at least German-speaking non-binary community would come together and just say, like, okay, let's decide, <laughs> quote-unquote. I mean, you can never decide, but, like, let's agree on, on one pronoun and then everybody starts using it so it becomes normalized in the language. Mm-hmm. Because I think when... With my experience with Zia is that uh, the friends that I that are using it, they are getting along with it. Like it, it works. It's not extremely difficult. It's it takes some time getting used to for sure because it's not as intuitive as they them, but it is perfectly grammatically correct and yeah, you can use it in all kinds of situations. Awesome. But I don't want to impose that, of course, if people use difference, that's their thing. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I just really wanted to know that because I come from a country where the language is really, really gendered and I have Mm -hmm. no idea what the non-binary community over there is saying. I have seen on posts that they're... Right, so did I say that I'm Croatian? I don't think so. It's the Croatian language, yes. Because we don't believe in nation states here. (laughs) Yeah, we don't believe in her. Um, And so, so, wow, how do I explain this? So you end a verb with an I for men. No, you don't. You literally, like, if you change one word, you need to change the endings of every word, oh, even yeah. the order. Yeah. Um, so they put both variations, like, like, probably in German, when they do the profession and then within and in the end. Okay, You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that. Like the asterisk, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah so like that. Mm. That's how they're doing it, at least on Facebook. So, uh, yeah, I think this language thing is still like a, a huge problem, and I think in English it's just so easy, and yeah. in many other languages it's quite tricky. But I I really love how people come up with different op- options. For example, I have this. Uh, I have some fr- some Spanish friends, and they're now using an e in the end of each word instead of a or o. Mm-hmm. So they just make the whole language gender neutral. So an example is guapo or guapa, and then you just say guape. Yeah, cool. And so and some people are like, yeah, okay, now I'm using it for everyone. Amazing. I'm just calling everyone guape. Wow, that's so- oh my god it sounds like it's already embedded in the language though yeah, which exactly. is awesome oh see this is the most beautiful thing to me actually i'm changing my answer about being non-binary <laughs> we are inventing language henny mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's extraordinary mm-hmm. i love to see it yeah, yeah yeah we are here to see it yeah. so yeah 
So small excursion towards the language department, and <laughs> before we move on, I wanted to say I wanted to talk about one final topic with you. Before we move on to that, I wanted to finish the dysphoria part that we talked about. Okay. Now we're going all places, but I hope you can follow us. So, to dysphoria, I think what is very important to to realize is that dysphoria is a very very real feeling, and that it is also different. For example, for non-binary people and binary trans people to feel gender dysphoria because maybe for us it's something that it varies like sometimes we feel dysphoric but most of the times we feel euphoric some people maybe only feel euphoric some other non-binary people may be feeling more dysphoric less euphoric but some binary trans people feel dysphoric their whole life yeah. until they're able to transition to the other binary gender And this is something, of course, you can say like in an ideal world, nobody would have to transition because all bodies are beautiful and no operations have to be done, la 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 la. But we are not there yet at all. So let's not invalidate those feelings and those urges that you have from feeling dysphoric. And I just wanted to point that out that, yeah, I think dysphoria is something that is... Yeah, it's a horrible thing when it when you feel it, and it's not just something that you can ignore and like move on from. Yeah, for some it, people, it just really lingers the whole yeah. time, um, and it feels really shit. Yeah, honestly, especially if you're in an unsafe environment. Mm. But you started talking about medical intervention. I think now is a good opportunity to say that trans people are valid, even if they don't experience medical transitioning yeah. or any sort of medical intervention yeah. and everyone that is trans is trans enough mm, and mm. i think that's a huge part about being non-binary is i think if you ask anyone who's non-binary they're gonna say that they have not felt like they are non-binary enough that they don't belong in this community because they're too femme they're too masked they're too whatever <laughs> but Honestly, all of y'all are valid. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And the same goes also for yeah for binary trans people if they want medical interventions or not. Mm. You know, they're still valid in their binary trans identity. Um, best example is Elliot Page, just like from one day to the other, it's like okay, no, I'm a trans man, and that's yeah. how it goes. Yeah. You know, like no need for anything to change on your body. If you want to change anything, go for it. Like that's you. That's your body. Your body. Your choice. Let's go. But you also don't need to. And yeah, if you find this place for yourself to accept who you are and this what you what we talked about also this like radical self-love and acceptance, then I think from that place you can sort of navigate where you want to go in your future identity search. Yeah. And it's always also ongoing. Maybe you change your mind in two years and you're like, actually, I do want to medically transition. Or and that's actually, also I completely want... okay. Yeah. I, I feel like in, in cis environments you come out as one thing and they're like, okay, you're this for the rest of your life. Yeah. But, I mean, people are constantly changing. Every seven years, our cells renew and we're <laughs> literally new people. Mm. So there's no way that you're going to be the same person today and like 10 days change. from now or 10 years from now. Everything's going to change for real. And if you want to change your pronouns, you should not feel guilty about that. Mm -hmm. and, or if you are non-binary but then you feel okay in the gender you were assigned with at birth that's mm -hmm. also okay you're not mm -hmm. like a fraud for going back yeah um 
to that because you're just trying to live your life as closely as and as authentically is authentically a word i think so yeah <laughs> you're trying to be the most authentic self yeah and that's more than people can say about a lot of people mm. so Props to you, mama. And beautiful transition to this last point that I wanted to talk about, which is what if someone is listening or also if someone is not listening and they're feeling like, oh, I feel like maybe I'm non-binary, but I don't know. And maybe I'm not non-binary enough and maybe I'm scared. What would you tell them? I mean, of course, there's no guidebook, no 10 rules how to come out as non-binary. Like, let's not get into this illusion. But what would you tell them? I think what I did was I figured out that this is a part of who I am. And then there's this BBC3 YouTube video about (laughs) what not to say to non-binary people. Mm -hmm. And they take out really frustrating sentences out of a cap and start Mm -hmm. reading them out loud and react to them and when you find that you react similarly to them or like it it hits a nerve in Mm -hmm. you then i mean that's just how i did it everyone has different needs and approaches to things but this is how i approached it and i realized like damn this this shit is real (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, if you want, check out that video. I'll but also, really observe how your nervous system and how your body is reacting yeah. to people viewing you as the gender you were assigned with at birth. Because mm. if you feel differently, chances are that you're <laughs> kind of drifting away from that. And it's a journey of self discovery, like yeah. any other. We're all going through it in life, just in different degrees and paths. Mm-hmm. So just trust the process and take it by baby steps yeah Um, for sure it'll be fine it'll be fine (laughs) and now the counterpart what would you say to someone that is that a close friend or a loved one of theirs is coming out as non-binary how can you support them so for me and i'm not speaking for everyone as we said so actually in in therapy i was asked what my ideal response to me telling someone i'm I'm non-binary would be and everyone has different needs and perspectives and support needs specifically so in a foundational sense you need to make sure that this friend or loved one that's coming out to you feels safe seen and heard Mm. and accepted for who they are period (laughs) my most preferred way personally when i tell someone i'm non-binary is okay what are your (laughs) pronouns yeah is there a name that i should refer to you by and i'm going to implement this vocabulary as best i can and i love you and i support you yeah that's it that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. yeah. Something that for me is very important is when you do in the beginning of someone coming out on as non-binary still misgender them at some instance by accident that you're not making a huge deal about it. It's not as if you just sank the Titanic, bitch. <laughs> like <laughs> you made one mistake and people, we are humans, we make mistakes. Say I'm sorry move on yeah correct yourself and move on and when somebody corrects you say thank you and move on exactly there's a lot of power 
and say in replacing your sorries with thank yous mm -hmm. so i'm so sorry i'm late and thank you for your patience are two completely different roads that you can take yeah. so considering that yeah I think all these things would prepare you uh, <laughs> to be the best, <laughs> to ally, be the best ally ever. Yes, and be thankful to that person because they're gonna teach you a lot about them, about yourself also. Yeah. And finding ways for you to discover yourself completely new. Exactly. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So, towards a non-binary world. <laughs> Yay! My Cheers. dream! And thank you so much, Nika, for being here today. Of course, it was my pleasure. It was a good, good conversation. I hope some people could take something out of it. And yeah. if not, listen again. <laughs> <laughs> and if you would like to support the podcast, as always, feel free to share with your friends, loved ones, family, networks, whatever. And if you feel like you have the means to do so, you can also financially support the podcast on steady or paypal but yeah, don't have to thank you bye bye, bye. queering the perspective with bella bellissima